1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is overtime open line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
2: 630 Chad. Well, it's a route at Rogers Place, a 7-4 decision for the San Jose Sharks over the Edmonton Oilers, who have now lost five straight, four of those on home ice. When you lose by three, it's usually not a close game. Well, this one, if anything, the score flatters the Oilers. They were blown out today. They got two goals in the final three and a half minutes to uh, turn a 7-2 deficit into a 7-4 loss, and uh, it is getting ugly for the Oilers. They did very little well tonight. Uh, They did very little well tonight. They were hemmed in their own end for pretty much all the second period until they got a couple of chances late in that frame, down 4-1 after two and then in the third Melker carlson comes out and gets another one for the sharks logan couture scores shorthanded. that was san jose's sixth goal where camp talbot out of the net gives it away the oilers scrambling and just don't really cover anybody and uh, couture scored his second of the game so san jose wins at seven four the oilers drop to 18 17 and three on the season Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. It's 4.58. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along tonight. And, of course, your phone calls at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Well, Rob, obviously an incredibly tough run here for Edmonton. Not much has been going right over the course of these, these five games. And... I realize they have a couple of key guys out of the lineup, and injuries are always a factor in pro sports, but to me what we've seen here goes beyond a couple of injured players because there was just very little going on for the Oilers today, and I know you're just sliding in here coming down from upstairs. I mean, this, this score, a three-goal loss is a pretty definitive loss this flatters the Edmonton Oilers so it wound up being a three goal difference in the end
3: it, it, it does uh, to this was more had the feel of an 8-2 loss this was a game that the San Jose Sharks were never out of control um they they won every aspect of the game uh at times it, it almost like they were toying in the offensive zone they would be moving around the, the the offensive zone they would make a change and five new guys would come out and the puck would never leave the Oilers zone the whole time uh, the Oilers, and Bob said it at the end of the second period, lost their spirit in this game. That's one thing that the Oilers have got to be fearful of and we've seen that in the past here where things don't go their way and then they get frustrated and then they just lose their will and the Oilers season the way it's gone, they're still in a playoff race here and they can turn things around quickly but you can't lose the will to win and the will to play and I think that's what we saw in the third period. This is a game where the San Jose Sharks with a big lead in the third period up until the last two minutes, kept pushing forward. Normally in games like this, they slow down, the, opposite, the, the team starts pushing back. The Oilers right. had no push.
2: Let's go live, here's and where there's head coach. First K. of all, Scott. they're a hell of a hockey
4: club. As a group, they've been at it for years. They've got top veteran players. They've dialed it up for the last little bit. They went through their adversity and they've, they've dialed it up since the break. I've seen that before from them, lots and they owned us in our own zone. We we struggled on one-on-ones, we struggled getting pucks out, and we paid dearly every time for it. So, when we got free, we were fine, but they they owned us in our own zone. They they won the one-on-ones, they knocked us out of the box, they won the net front, they owned us. Ken, is it as easy as when you first uh 11 games, your guys were 8-2-1 and one, and you didn't give up a lot of goals, and now you're one win in your last six and you've been giving up. Is it just the attention to detail defensively? I know you've talked about the injuries, but is it that simple that you're just not as good in your own zone? That, that it's kind of been a major switch? No, we sag too easy. We sag too easy. You know, we, we don't pump our head up for long enough. We, we get out played, and Emotionally, we sag far too easy, and that's gonna have to change. And that's the NHL. How hard you fight for each other and for how long, that's the NHL. The longer you fight, the more success you have, but when you stop fighting for each other and you sag, you get scored on or you get outplayed. And lately, we've sagged way too easy, and it's hurt us a lot. And it's a very young team, with a lot of young players playing key positions, this is a first experience, and now we're getting some veteran hockey clubs that know about winning, and they're taking it to us. They see they see where we're banged up, and they're going right after it. And they're taking advantage of it. And they they're they're locked in, they're they're throwing four in on the four check, and they they're taking advantage of of a situation maybe two weeks from now. Another team's in the same boat as us, but they're taking big advantage of it right now.
5: Just to expand on that sagging,
4: uh, what do you see uh, when bad things happen? What do you see? Well, we get down emotionally. We get down. We get down emotionally. Young people, it's... We get down and it's a learned skill. It doesn't happen. You can... It, you have to go through it. and. We're going through it. You know, we had a lot of things go right when we were winning. Everything goaltending, special teams, everything was going right. But there's bumps now. And and teams are smart. They see. They can read the roster and they can see where we're at, and they're climbing all over it. And they're coming at us. And we're gonna have to fight longer and harder and stay with it if we expect to get points in the game. But right now we're sagging and getting discouraged. Too early in the hockey game uh, for my liking, and I, I know for the players' liking, they would say the same thing.
6: Ken, what did you think of Yamamoto's play? I,
4: I liked him a lot, Jim, and, and I mean, the part I liked is that he's he's really good at making plays on the wall to get you out of trouble, and the thing I like about him the most is he understands the three lines on the ice and how important they are. And, you know, he, he's a good young player. Like, he does things that, as a coach, you love. And uh, that, that builds you good minutes in a hockey game. He does a lot of things that build us good minutes. I, I like him a lot.
7: Ken, uh, despite what's going on around them, can you speak to uh, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl in contrast to what's going on in Dallas with uh, the comments that Leitz and uh, uh, I guess Gilardi, uh, uh and with an eye to the fact that you had those two players last year?
4: Yeah, well, I, look, I know both players in Dallas, so I'm best both, you know, they they had wonderful years for me last year, especially uh, Sagan. Um, I think it's completely different with Connor and Leon. I think we spend too much time counting on them. I think we spend too much time having them do everything all the time, every time, every situation. We, I've said this for a little while now Terry, we, we need more participation and it's on me to include people and, and there's some adversity, you know. You look, at, you look at Ty Ratty tonight. Ty had a very good game from the red line in and he struggled from the red line back and I'm going to have to help them learn to play from the red line back because we're going to need players like that, and we've got other younger players. Uh, to me, uh, Pauly-Arvey's had two tough games now. Well, we're going to, he's on our team. We're going to have to get him to play, but Connor and Leon, it's completely different for me because we play them so much and we count on them for everything it's not going to be helpful to us if we go down that path. We're not going to come out on the end. A week from now or two weeks from now, all we're going to have is two exhausted hockey players who've got nothing left to give. And so that's something that we've got to make sure and guard on. So we're, we've got to include more people if we can.
1: How did you think Yamamoto fit in
4: today? How did he, he fit? Yamamoto, how did he fit in today? He fit in great. I think he's. He's a small guy that knows how to win one-on-ones. The thing for me is when you have that quick a stick and you can get yourself out of trouble, like I said, he's, he's a guy for me, he's a really smart player and he's gonna help us down the line here.
2: That's live, Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock, presented by GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, GCLDiesel.com. Oilers have it taken to them today by the San Jose Sharks, who win at 7-4, straight losses for the Oilers. We're live in Studio 99, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. Rob, so Hitch says, you know, they've been sagging too easily. They get outplayed, and emotionally, they sag far too easy.
3: Well, it's something that we've seen over the last number of years here that when things go sideways or if things go bad for the others they're they're unable to pop out of it they it just snowballs and and they it, the one shift turns into two bad shifts it turns into four that turns into a period and eventually they get to themselves into a point where they can't come back they, they, they they'll fall down fall behind two goals three goals and I think that's hitch is just now seeing it for the first time he had dead success when he first took over here but this is what we've seen in the past that when bad things happen to the Oilers their entire bench sags and they're unable to come out of it and that's something that Hitch and the coaching staff are going to try and fix but it's not something that's going to be fixed overnight because this is something that we've seen for a couple of seasons
2: well and I think too there, I've certainly emotion and effort and all that stuff is is part of hockey and part of pro sports but there's also every player has a maximum yep. that he can give, and I think that's part of a lot larger conversation that I want to have today too. Is we've we've known going into the season there were questions about the roster. Would they have enough depth scoring? Would it revolve around three guys? It pretty much has. Well, four guys. Chase on's yeah. been an unexpected surprise to the team. So most of the uh, most of the goal scoring has revolved around four players: the the big three and Chase on. Defensively, Fair enough. They're challenged a, a bit by the injuries, but you wondered about the depth there too. Um, B- B- Koskinen's had a pretty good year. Great. Uh, yeah. You know, tough, tough goaltending games the last couple of nights by Koskinen and Talbot. But, you know, Peter Shirelli uh, in the summer said, I think we're closer to the playoff team than to last year's team. Peter Shirelli fires his coach and says, I, I think the roster is better what, th- what they've been playing. Well, coming up here, Hitch's record is after 20 games will be better than Todd McClellan's after 20 games. Uh, Maximum possible is is five points if they win their next two games, which would be a a big if. You know, look, I don't think Shirelli's done a good job. I think some moves have turned out short term. Uh, I think if you look at his body of work, he hasn't done a good job. And And I think the Oilers have to look here going ahead do you want this guy as the GM through another trade deadline and then through another draft and through another summer free agency? I don't know what's going to happen. And if you do something short-term, obviously you're not... You're probably bringing someone in on an interim basis. But I think this is a big, big decision for the organization going ahead because of how the team has been playing and because of the holes on the roster
3: that, that haven't, he hasn't been able to address or in some cases he created. Well, the, the one spot that we saw at the beginning of the season, and you, you, you were very adamant when we talked about the biggest glaring holes that the Oilers were going to have this year. People talked about in-net. People talked about, you know, more depth defense. And, and you, you continually said, no, it is the depth on the wings that the Oilers desperately needed something. And as you said, created holes. We've seen a number of uh, very productive wingers over the last few years be moved out of Edmonton. And those holes have not been filled. There, there was the hope that a Pugliarvi could do it. There was a hope that a Yamamoto, well, you can't always live on potential. Potential doesn't score goals. Potential is hopeful. And right now we're seeing that the potential of those players isn't today. As the, the problem right now, the biggest problem with the Oilers roster isn't the back end. Like even tonight in tonight's game, they're missing their defensemen. Uh, the, Larson was minus three. Nurse was minus two. The, the other defensemen that are filling in weren't minus. So it's not, and last game the same thing, it wasn't those, the other defensemen filling in. The, where the Oilers continue to struggle is finding guys other than McDavid, Dreisaitl on the first line scoring, and Nugent Hopkins and Chase on on the power play scoring. They're not getting production from any other player up front on the wings. And when people say, well Dreisaitl's got to drive a line, or RNH's got to drive a line, well they're both playmakers and when you're a playmaker you need someone that you can give the puck that's going to put the puck in the net you need this someone that you can give the puck the puck's not going to die on their stick to take something from what craig Metavish used to talk about here and that's what the Oilers have right now they have a lot of players on the wings that aren't getting any production the play is dying and now you're getting a frustrated rnh or a frustrated leon dry whichever guy is trying to drive that second line so right now the oilers roster the holes that need to be filled uh, were they created by Shirely? Possibly. And at points, yes. They haven't been fixed. And I don't know going forward if this team is strong enough to overcome injuries on the back end because they aren't able to put the puck in the net if your name isn't McDavid and you aren't on the first line.
2: Well, in the second period today was, I mean, it was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't get the puck out. When, and when they when, when, when they did, there was there was no forecheck check. Yeah. So I was surprised they had six shots on goal but by the end of the period. That's that's really where it got away. I mean, 2-1 one after one. I the Oilers had some okay moments in the first. They had some pressure. Uh, they got a goal, which we're still not sure why it was McDavid's goal and not, yeah. and not Raddy's. But, yeah, and, and then it just completely spirals out of control. 7-4 for the Sharks. It was 7-2 before the Oilers got late goals from Dreisaitl. And uh, McDavid, Eric Carlson, uh, a big game for San Jose. His post-game comments. He winds up with four points, and he's plus five. Here's Eric Carlson for BDO. First call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license and solvency trust kind of be able to jump back in there without skipping
6: much of a beat. Yeah, I think that we played well, and that helped. Uh, I think the guys were ready to play right from the puck drop, and uh, you know, uh, it felt good. And Gave me a chance to get into it, um, you know. Overall, I think that we played a well, well played game. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, you know, we let up four goals. I don't think that we should have done that, but uh, you know, at least we scored seven.
2: How tough was it watching
6: those games uh, while you were suspended, and how nice is it just to be back? Well, it's nice to be back. Uh, it's never nice. It's never fun to be out of the lineup, especially for the reason that I was out for, and uh, you know, a little unjustified, I think. But um, you know, I did the most of it, and I watched the games. And sometimes it's good to watch watch games from afar too and you figure a few things out and, uh, and, you know, I was excited to get back today and uh, done everything I can to, you know, stay in it and uh, luckily it was only two. The depth of this team kind of shined through today. Yeah, I think that everybody played well right from the start. I think that, you know, all four lines, all deep, and Jones and Net, you know, we, we were determined to win this one. We have a tough stretch coming up here, um, you know, the next uh, next few games. And we're going to have to play, you know, at the top of our level to, to be able to compete with the teams that we we're playing. And I think that they set us up for that. Now we just got to go into Calgary and, you know, have the mentality that we're going to win that game too. And, uh, you know, play to the best of our ability and uh, clean some things up from today and, and take the good things with us.
2: All right, that is Eric Carlson. Huge off-season acquisition for the San Jose Sharks. Scott Johnson worked in the San Jose dressing room tonight. They beat the Oilers 7-4 this afternoon. 2-1 after 1, 4-1 after 2. At one point, it was uh, 7-2 for San Jose, and the Oilers got a couple late ones. I mean, we should mention, unfortunately, this is not going to be the story it, it would usually be. Caleb Jones got his first NHL goal today.
3: It, it, it was a nice goal, too. It was a give-and-go. He jumped into the play. A nice setup by Raddy. Uh, those are tough ones. When you when you score your first goal, you want it to be a big moment. You want to be able to celebrate it going back to the bench. But when it's uh, in a game that you're getting blown out, it, it's tough to do it. But good on him. Hopefully that's one of many. And also another bright spot, Ty Ratty was excellent tonight. He had three assists in this game, uh, played 16 and a half minutes. He's another guy that's trying to find a way into uh, Ken Hitchcock's good books to get it consistently. In his lineups. I know that Hitch talked about him. He liked his play with the puck. He did not like his play without the puck today. But it was still a, a, a soldier, a, a, a bottom type player who had some production. And that's something that the Oilers have sorely needed and not had very often this year.
2: 7 4 Sharks, uh, no power play goals today. San Jose 0 for 3 with the man advantage. The Oilers were 0 for 1. Uh, Chris Wideman taking two of the three Oilers minors. Probably could have had another one because I think he high sticked Meyer shortly before he wound up getting another penalty. But that's uh, really neither here nor there. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring Al onto the show. Al, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. Good afternoon, guys. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty pathetic game. But um, I just w- want to get your feedback on it. One of the things I've Noticed in the in the Oilers all year is their inability to 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 get the puck out of the out of their own end. And one thing I've noticed is that they always seem to have their forwards playing way too deep in the defensive zone. Uh, what do you think about them playing up a little bit higher, so the defense trying to eliminate the defenseman from making that uh, you know uh, Chris shot to the net and possibly on that on that matter. Have you know getting the puck out if they're deep on their on the uh uh defenseman, they've got a better chance to, to get a breakout. But they always seem to go way deep into the O into the O-zone when they're in the d zone, they well, go way too deep. And the defensemen are always open for yeah. clear shots to the net.
3: Well, thanks, all, Al. all all teams in the national hockey league play the same way in their own zone that way. They, they have all five guys coming back, they're saying, If you're gonna beat us, we'll let you beat us with the point shot, we're not gonna let you beat us down low. San Jose did it tonight uh, Winnipeg next game you'll watch the Winnipeg Fords they'll be deep in their zone for breakouts it's better to have the your your wingers low so you're not making a, a long pass in your own zone that could the defensemen will have a time, chance to jump around the winger so the hit Ken Hitchcock I he think wants, he know he,
2: he said he, we want to pack they, it they in all want them, and yeah.
3: all teams in the HL do that they bring them back as low as they can and they're they get in way of shots do not. They want the defenseman to beat them, if anyone. They do not want the high slot wide open. Unfortunately for the Oilers tonight, uh, it seemed like the defensemen, the high slot, low guys, everyone seemed to be open at times tonight for the Oilers. So uh, I, I understand what you're saying with
2: your question. And and sometimes a player will fly the zone, maybe off a set play, off a face-off win, but generally they, they, they want don't. shorter passes. And, yep. and today... Whether it was a seven-foot pass or a seventy-foot pass, they weren't on target. I mean, how, nope. how many times did the Oilers say, "Oh, they, oh, they, they got it"? Oh, the pass is in the skates. Yeah, or the pass is behind a guy, or the pass is fanned on, and, and here come, here come the Sharks again.
3: It, it was it, I, there. There'd be a hard time finding video of good things that went right for the Oilers tonight. I mean, it was this. I know the score was only a three-goal deficit, but this to me was. The most lopsided game that the Oilers played all season long. It, 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 this score is very flattering for, for the Edmonton Oilers because they were outclassed in this game by a big margin. 7-4, the Sharks win it,
2: as the Oilers have lost five straight, now 18-17-3 on the season, 9-7-2 and two under Ken Hitchcock. Captain Connor McDavid credited with a couple of goals this afternoon. His post-game re- remarks for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Game over with Nothing else to
5: Is the, Is the defensive
7: area
2: maybe
3: more of a concern lately? Where would you kind of point towards uh, yeah,
8: We've been we've been giving up goals. We've been giving up chances. We've been giving up shots. So you know, we obviously got to find a way to to you know, stop the bleeding back there. Um, you know when we were when we were winning games, we were giving up one, two. Um, you know, some nights, no goals again. So you know, we're not a team that's going to go out and outscore opponents. We got to find a way to uh, to check our way to wins.
7: Do you have any thoughts on what happened in Dallas with lights and pick? I mean, the top two players on that
8: team. I don't know enough about it. Um, you know, I haven't really seen much on it. Obviously heard about it, but um, I don't know enough to comment on it.
5: Sorry. It's been a pretty dramatic swing from you know pushing yourselves up into a playoff spot to you know a bunch of losses here in a row. How are you guys kind of managing that in here, trying to stay positive despite these results, and how's the kind of team dynamic happening?
8: Oh, we've been too streaky. We've we've had runs uh, even before Hitch got here where, where we're really good, you know, win a bunch in a row and then uh, lose a bunch in a row, and then Hitch comes in and we win a bunch, and now we're back to losing a bunch. So we got to find a way to to be more even keeled. Um, yeah, that's that's all I can say about that.
5: When those mistakes are happening, what happens on the bench? Do you guys, are you a team that sags a little bit now?
6: Um,
8: it's tough to say. I mean, obviously our results would say that we are, but you know, I think we're still a, a resilient group. Um, you know, we've, we've gone through this before in the season, and we've dug our way out and, and back into the playoffs, so I would expect us to do nothing but the same. I guess one positive note, Connor. You guys you been looking for some depth scoring. You know, Ty gets on the board with three points tonight. You need some other guys to get going offensively, so it was good to see him do it. I thought Ty was great tonight. Um, you know, uh, he's someone that I enjoy playing with. He skates well. He's a smart guy. Um, you know, I thought he was real good.
2: All right, that's Connor McDavid with Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room this afternoon. 7-4 San Jose taking down Edmonton. Uh, Raddy with three assists. I, I still think... I, I thought he should have had a goal yeah. uh, odd, well in my mind anyway and I haven't seen anything from, else from the NHL to clarify it further uh, odd decision to award that goal to McDavid well, yeah,
3: I, I don't understand it the, the, the play came from behind the net Raddy put it on net, hit the post and started rolling across the goal line it looked like it spun inside the goal line and Jones reached back and pulled it out at that point the referee was pointing emphatically, he's pointing goal and he pointed three or four times Everybody stopped. Actually, the sharks started arguing because they thought the puck didn't cross the line. And after it pulled out, Connor McDavid, and it had to have been three seconds, went and pulled the puck out from underneath Jones and put it in the net. So to me, it was either the puck went in the net or it didn't on ratty and that was the decision because the play died at that point. When they and you, you made a good point that the NHL said that they had no conclusive evidence of it crossing line or not. Well, the ref said yes. So if there's so insufficient, the call the so others. you go with whatever the ref said. So if we couldn't tell one way or another, ref said goal, it's a goal. So I don't understand how Connor can come and pull the puck in after the ref has already pointed goal, because everyone had stopped at that point. So when he well, started pointing... San
2: Jose could argue, well, we, we we're, well, we're going to
3: clear the puck, so how why do you give Connor the goal? Well, yeah, So and you saw that the Martin Jones was very, very upset when he found out that it was the McDavid goal that they were counting and not the one that went across the goal line, because at that point the play should have been dead. So I, I have no no idea at all how that could possibly be a goal. I think Raddy's crossed the line. It should have been a goal, but there's I have no idea how they can award a goal after the fact when the play should have been called dead.
2: Didn't turn out to be a big deal no. in the end, though, as the Oilers uh, are blown away 7-4 by the San Jose Sharks. 7804960063. We have Tony standing by. Tony, go ahead.
9: Hey, how's it going, boys? Pretty good. Um, the thing I've been, there's like there's a few points I want to make here, and you guys can get, you guys can disagree. Or agree? I don't think Nurse is quite ready for twenty five points, like twenty five minutes per per
3: game, because okay, stop right there for I, one second. Just hold on one second. Okay. okay. Before you go any further, where are they going to get the minutes in right now?
9: I don't know. Like I was thinking, why not divide the points like the minutes between? I don't know him and. Ben Benning, Benning. Benning played,
3: 20, Benning played. 23 and a half minutes tonight.
9: Okay. No, but so I'm just. I'm just no, I just don't I, know. No, like, I the, is
3: Darnell Nurse in a perfect world? He's not he, in he's your first he, pairing. He's the second. He's, he's the in your second, second pairing, pair. playing 20 minutes a night. The, but the Oilers right now, they have three defensemen out of the lineup. They have no choice. Darnell Nurse has to play those minutes right now. So there, there's nowhere else you're going to find. I mean, you got because the Oilers got guys. They got a guy up from the minors. They got a guy Weidman who is sat more than he's played this year in the press box, they're in the lineup as well. they got Benning, who's probably your number six, and Gravel, who spent most of the season out of the lineup as well. So Darnell Nurse is the guy that has to eat those minutes. Now, in a perfect world, he he, he wouldn't, but the Oilers are beat up on the back end. So uh, is saying that he, sh- he can't play 25 minutes, it, it doesn't matter because they have no one else that can.
2: 7-4, the Sharks take it. Uh, if the Oilers get five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630 com. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. The Oilers do get to four. Uh, they got a – how much time was left when that went in? I think, I think it was five-point-something, five yeah. Say it's officially at 19.54. Uh, I, I, again, it's too bad we don't talk more about Caleb Jones's goal and that goal by McDavid at 1954. I, I, mean, I don't even know how he thought to try that.
3: That was, uh, It was funny. It's like the puck's coming in, he, he turns his stick and he tips it so the puck just goes up and over top of the head of the goaltender Jones and in the net without, without high-sticking it. Uh, that's just creativity. And I know that we've seen a lot of goals in 2018 by Sidney Crosby where he's batting him out of the air, batting him to himself, then hitting him out of the air again. But that goal tonight by Connor McDavid, it is so sad that it has been overshadowed by what happened in the 59 and a half minutes before that because that is as pretty a goal as you're going to score, as as creative a goal as you're going to score in the National Hockey League.
2: 7-4, the Sharks take it. We have uh, Davis texting 630-630. He he says, hey, guys, wondering how... The Oilers can make a trade. Can they really add uh, a good player because they are so close to the salary cap? Well, that's a good question. Uh, trading is difficult. Trading is difficult when you're doing poorly because yeah. your, your, your players don't look as, as good, and they're not in a situation where they could trade a prospect or a draft pick and bring in a $3, $4, 5000000 million dollar player because they are up against the cap.
3: Yeah, they can't afford it. And, and then where are you bringing the player in? Are you bringing the player in as a – do you need a defenseman? Do you need a winger? Do you need a third-line centerman? That's the problem is the Oilers have holes in a bunch of different places. So I, I don't know what their options are. They, they hope that they would be able to get help from within uh, with a Pugliarvi and a Yamamoto at the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, that hasn't turned out as of yet. But as Hitch talked about in his little post-game speech... They've got to find other ways to bring other players into the fold because this is not a recipe for success, counting on three players to carry the team the entire year.
2: Well, and that's the point I was making earlier. How much of the struggles are players not playing to their potential? Mm-hmm. And how much is is that maybe players are playing to their potential, but they're just miscast in the
3: lineup or their potential was overrated by my management. Well, if this was a small sample size, if this was a 10, 15-game sample size, you'd say, well, you know what, they're just going through a rough patch. But what are we into the season right well, now? Well, we're almost halfway. All the way half. And then you add last year's 82 games. So yep. now you've got 120-game sample size. So now you're thinking, okay, maybe this is who we are.
2: And, and for the most part, and we, we talked about this too, even when, when they had the, the good run under Hitchcock, well, okay, One, two games were one nothing. Yep. There was a 2-1 game against against Vegas, so even during that time, it was still mostly McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. I mean, yeah, sure, they got 6 or 7 against Minnesota. Okay, you know, great, they got 6 against Colorado. You will have nights like that. Yeah. You know, you're, you will catch other teams on off nights, or there will be nights other guys score, but it's not... I don't, I don't think you can go... Well, let me ask you this, Rob. I don't feel like you can go into a game and say, okay, the Oilers are going to get to three or four on the goals four unless it's all those guys doing the generating. Because, you know, mo- I know, I know tonight's game obviously spins out of control. Most nights if you get to three or four, you, you should get something out of that game. You're,
3: you're right, and I, you're, and I agree. I don't believe that the Oilers are going to score three or four unless McDavid's got two and Drysaddle's got two in that. I mean, tonight, the San Jose Sharks, this, this is the difference between the two teams. San Jose scores seven goals tonight. And you start looking at some of their stars, Joe Pavelski had one assist, Evander Kane, one assist, Joe Thornton, one assist, so their depth scoring was what carried them tonight, so it's three of, those are three of their biggest players on their team, and they all had one assist each, that was it, this is a team that you see the opposite of the others, this is a team that's three lines deep and can beat you on any of those three lines. The others right now are one line deep, and if you shut down that first line, usually you beat them. Or or, or even limit them to two. I mean, that's the thing. Well, that's what I'm actually saying when yeah. you shut them down. Uh, A two-point night for Connors and off night
2: going to be a lot of work for ken hitchcock he'll look for the adjustment of the game for the alberta college and association of chiropractors if it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com and we're getting a lot of texts i understand it a lot of hate a lot of criticism for peter shirelli we addressed that earlier uh we don't know what what's going to happen bob nicholson has has been pretty patient uh with management and and again if there were something to change uh short term i don't i don't know if uh just having a different guy in the manager's chair all of a sudden turns five goal scores into fifteen goal scores. So we'll see, we'll see what the well. I mean, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. No, no, but, but that's it's it, true. No, so you're that's how right. it goes. I mean, there's
3: a coaching change is, is completely different. You than, can get a bounce, a You can get a different chase. voice.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, hey, like Hitch is, Hitch is working.
3: He's trying. Oh, Hitch is a great coach. Hitch is a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, but you only have what you can work with, and pitches finding some of the same struggles with what he's got to work with that Todd McCullen found before him.
2: All right you're going to hear from Caleb Jones who got his first goal tonight we'll also go back into the San Jose dressing room and hear from head coach Peter DeBoer you can get us at 780-496-0063. Oilers lose again.
0: 7 4
2: San Jose takes it. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30
2: check. In across the line, centers wide open and table the poke check on Marcus Sorensen. Otherwise, it's 3 1. All right, that's the save of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLubeService.ca 7-4. San Jose has beaten the Edmonton Oilers, who have lost five in a row. 780-496-0063 is the open line number. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 inside Rogers Place, and we have Fred standing by. Hey, Fred, go ahead.
10: I kind of like two steps behind. We'll leave it at that. All right. Anyway, uh, you know what really hurts here? Just a couple, three weeks ago, we're fighting with the Sharks. I think we're tied with the Sharks. We weren't, we're two, three points behind the Flames. All of a sudden, we slipped 10 points behind these teams, and we're only six points up in Los Angeles right now. I think that's a huge cause for concern. And I know it's going to be tough to make any kind of trade, but uh, do you look at another? team such as Chicago I don't know what it would take but maybe some veteran D-man such as Keith or Seabrook on this team
2: I don't know how you fit those guys uh, under the cap I mean no obviously not but uh, yeah that's that's what Rob and I were talking about thanks Fred I mean I I just don't know how you you bring in someone making five six seven million dollars
3: well, not without moving someone out, making the same amount of money, and whatever hole you're filling with that player, you're creating another hole, moving one of those players out. So uh, the Oilers are, are in a they're in they're in a bit of a trouble and a bit in a bit, bit of a pinch, trying to change up the roster simply because they've got no room to do it. So I don't know what I don't and know and where so, they and go. And so
2: here's the thing: uh, Brent Seabrook, six point nine million until 2024. <laughs> He's 33, you know, bringing Keith, 5.5 million until 2023, he's, he's 35.
3: Yeah, you're not know, bringing a 35 and a 36-year-old defenseman in with term left on their contracts. And I'm guessing they both have no trades, I'm guessing so they get to choose wherever they want to go uh, if they yeah, get traded there's,
2: there's later on in the deal they yeah. can give lists and stuff like that no it's, it's, it's I, I understand why Fred's asking that but that's that's really tough San Jose wins 7-4 they are coached by Peter DeBoer his post game remarks for BDO first call debt solutions bankruptcies and consumer proposals and insolvency trustees
5: uh, it was a good game for us I think we took advantage of a team with a, you know some depth issues on defense and uh, some young guys playing in key spots there and but to our credit, we we showed up and took advantage of what we needed to take advantage of, and I thought we did a good job playing in their end and putting some pressure on them. What can you say about Eric Carlson having the type of game he did? To <clears throat> missing too. Yeah, it's nice to have him back. I mean. Uh, you know, you can see uh, his impact on the game, on our team, on the players around him. So um, nice to have him back. Uh, you take him for granted a little bit. When he's out, you realize the whole, you know, uh, there is there. And like I said, I think every week he's getting more comfortable here. You know, I
2: thought you made a pretty bold move by sliding Tomas Hurdle down to that third line, the way. His line was going with Leon pitcher and Timo Meyer and Joe Thornton doing pretty well on that line, but it really looks like it's paying off for you guys. What was the, what was the thought process behind
5: that? Well, you know, we 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 went to it a couple games in the third period and Thomas uh, looked good. You know, it freed him up a little bit. Uh, you know, he gets the puck a little bit more in the middle of the ice and. You know, I, he's still a guy that you can put anywhere, and he's going to have an impact on the game. But um, you know, there's no doubt the center ice position, especially with the games we've got coming up here and some of the teams we're playing. Uh, we've got to have some depth through those through those spots. Were you reluctant to make that move, or did it just seem like the way? The yeah, you're always re- you're always reluctant to break up. Guys that have played really well together. I think I think we had a couple games, though, where, you know, not a lot was clicking, and then when we split them up, it started to click, so that made it easier. How's everything with Marcus? Uh, I think he's okay. We, we uh, sat him the last five minutes precautionary. We'll see how he feels tomorrow.
2: As Peter DeBoer, head coach of the San Jose Sharks. They're 21-12-7. and seven on the season for face-off trivia we asked you about peter DeBoer's 2003 kitchener rangers who won the memorial cup which former oiler was the captain of that team kim knew that it was Derek royce so kim going into the grand prize draw for a one thousand dollar prepaid visa gift card courtesy of alpine credits homeowners get approved visit alpinecredits.ca all right we have brendan standing by on the open line brendan you're on with robin reed go ahead
9: Hey guys, uh, so I know you kind of touched
7: on it earlier about Shirelli and uh, if you want him during the trade timeline or whatever. Like, personally, obviously I wouldn't be comfortable with him staying or making any more trades, but my question is, who we replace him with? I know that um, Steve Arziman is on some kind of leave from the Lightning. I don't know if he would be available at the end of the season or if there is anyone out there. I just want to know your guys' thoughts on that.
2: I think Iserman uh, has done a really good job in Tampa Bay. I know there's tons of speculation that he wants to go to Detroit.
3: Well, it, it'd be hard to see him leaving Tampa Bay and coming to Edmonton. If uh, if he wanted to get over to Tampa Bay, I'm, I think there would probably be a reason. I don't think it would be. Uh, I think you're, Detroit is where he wants to be, near his home. I don't think anyone's going to. Say, so, you know what, I, I like the weather in Edmonton better, so I'm going to leave Tampa Bay there and, and come to Edmonton. I, again, I don't know how... And I, and, we're, and this is all just throwing things out there. That we've, there's no one saying that there's going to be moves. But I don't know how you change a general manager in the season, and I don't know what positive it will have immediately if you do that on the ice. Right. I think that... You've got to make choices. If you feel that this is the, the gentleman that you want uh, long-term, well, then that's good You keep him. If you, if you think something's going to happen af- after the season's over, well, then you've got to start thinking about what's going to happen at the trade deadline. So then something's got to be made. Um, but as well, far I as... Mean, Philly, Philly did it. They did, but it's, it's, it's not really translating to anything different on the ice. It's not going to make you a better team when you do that. Because, I mean, there's... The, the GM's job is setting your team up. It's not, it's not going to, okay, we got new, a new coach comes in, there's, you know, there might be new systems, there might be give some players a new lease on life. There's that, always that bump in the way the team plays, the, the, the energy, because everyone wants to impress the new, the new coach, but a new GM doesn't have that. Most, most teams, GMs, you don't see very often anyways if you're a player. He stays on his own. You see the coach all the time. So uh, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if it, it helps the team currently. But it obviously GM changes. If, if one's not working, you get another one. It will help in the future. But I think the team that you have right now, I, I don't know what I don't know if there's a bump if you make a move or not. With, not saying there shouldn't be or should be, but I don't know if the bump happens to the current team.
2: 7-4 Sharks over the Oilers this afternoon at Rogers Place. You'll hear from Caleb Jones, who got his first NHL goal this afternoon. John and Doug up next on On the open line. It's 539. Oilers Hockey presented by Osman Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line.
1: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio,
2: 630 chat. San Jose 7, Edmonton 4 is your final as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. With daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Boston and Buffalo tied 1-1 in the first. Also in the first, Washington leading Ottawa 2-0. Canadians up 2-1 in Tampa Bay. Philly with a 1-0 edge on Florida. Islanders leading Toronto 1-0. Finals from earlier, the Devils shut out the Hurricanes 2-0, Golden Knights blank Los Angeles 4-1, and the Wild win in Winnipeg 3-1. The Jets are here on New Year's Eve Monday night to take on the Oilers 5.30 faceoff show 7 o'clock game here on 6.30. Chet along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We have John on the line. Hey, John, thanks a lot for calling.
9: Hey, Well, bad game, but uh, happy for Jones for scoring. Um, Just a couple points I want to make, big picture. I think they need to fire Shirely, and the reason, well, i got two reasons for it. One, do either of you guys trust him to make another trade?
2: No, I don't. I completely don't. Rob's okay. more diplomatic than me. Oh,
9: okay, okay. Well, that's good. But, but I mean, if you don't think he can't do damage to your team, just you don't have to look any further than the Strome for Spooner trade. Oh, are looking agree. for a third Anyways, line so center just, now.
2: I was just talking and, about with a fan during the commercial. Yeah. yeah, and the
9: second reason is, and and I get, I totally get your point, Rob. Yeah, firing a GM doesn't make the team any better, but what it does is it sends a message, at least to your season ticket holders, to your luxury suite holders who are paying for hundreds of thousands of dollars that. You know what? We see that things are going wrong, and we're going to correct it. Yeah. yeah and if you sit and it. if you wait, to, you wait to the end of the year to do that, and you miss the playoffs, then then you're stuck in in limbo. You know, you fire GM, and and you have no direction. You can't sell that to anybody. And with all these suites up, you'd think somebody upstairs has got to be thinking about that.
3: No, I'm sure they are. And that's a great point by you. Absolutely, I I think that that's what a lot of fans are waiting for right now to see what what the future holds for the others? I mean, this is a year, you said this is a year where they start having to renew all of those big-ticket items, and they want to, before they do that, they want to make sure that this is going in the right direction. So that's a great point by you. And as for whether I trust he can make the right decisions, I think the track record has said that there has been more that haven't, haven't worked. worked out than that have. Or some that have worked short term but, but then didn't continue beyond I mean, maybe a this, year, year and a half. Th- this team is, uh, uh, this is his team now. If, if you look oh, at yeah. this is his team and this team that is not doing near as well as many had hoped and many had expected.
2: All right, we have Doug on the line as well. Doug, you're our finish the play contestant. Did you have a thought or a question first or do you just want to dive right into the contest? Well, I've don't mind, a
10: couple of quick comments. I really like what you guys are saying tonight but re- uh, rather you've played I played. We've all played hockey. I look at the small things that happen in a game. Case in point, uh, we had a penalty in the second period, scrum along the boards, and we end up having—I don't know how it happened—we ended up having three guys against one of their guys along the boards. Somehow, this guy gets the puck, makes a play, they keep possession. Now they didn't score on, the, on that penalty, but the point of it is—that's just—I don't care what our talent level is, the work effort and uh, work ethic. I'm sorry. And the try, there's no way uh, in an AHL three guys should lose the puck against one guy. That's one play. Uh, second play I'm talking, uh, I'm referring to, uh, I know the game was over. Uh, Talbot made a bit of a buff along the boards with the puck. Kane goes behind the net, skates out. We've got four guys in a 12-foot square radius, whatever it was. One of their guys comes down Main Street, slips the puck in the net. and Again, that's just try awareness work whatever you want to call it. i look at the small things that kind of make it and break a game and and that's again talent is talent we're not a very talented team overall we're just not and i get that but the, there's a lot of teams that aren't that talented but they work like hell
2: well i think doug i'm just going to jump in and i think that's that's what ken hitchcock is calling sag and i'm glad you brought that up because rob and i were talking about that during a commercial that short-handed goal okay fine the the, the goalie had the puck stolen yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 back in the net, and I, actually think, it was all five, I actually think it might have been all five Oilers.
7: Well we're okay, back. I'll give you that too. <laughs> and,
2: Couture, <laughs> and Couture has a has a great a chance on a two on four or two on five.
10: Yeah, last score. point I'm so going so to make, Reed yeah. if you don't mind, real quick. Uh, when Shirelli gets fired, and it will be when, and I, I'm assuming it's going to be towards the end of the year. Somebody stole my thunder earlier. A couple callers back. You, who is your next GM? And I'm just, I don't know. I have no clue, but I'm just thinking out loud, well, with Wayne's connection to the team, I don't know. just And I don't know if it's good or bad. Don't get me wrong. I have no clue. Is Keith Gretzky your next GM? Yeah, I don't know.
3: There, that's, yeah, that's a possibility. That's Absolutely. I mean, he, he was brought in. He's the assistant GM and a lot of teams. they Either they move up in their own team to become general manager when someone moves on, or GM, assistant GMs, are stolen by other teams that are looking for new GMs. So yeah, you're absolutely, that that is a possibility. Um, Something's something's going to happen, I would imagine soon. I don't know what it is, but this is a team, and as the the caller, a couple callers called, before it said, something's gotta be done to send the fans, send the people that are renewing, that we understand and we see the same thing that you see, and we gotta make sure that we turn this around sooner than later. Because we were just talking, Reid and I off air here, uh, teams that were completely out of it in the Oilers' rearview mirror two weeks ago are now there. Pretty like the, close, St- yeah. the St. Louis Blues, how many points are St. Louis behind now? Five. Five with three games in hand. Uh, Arizona, they're... Even LA caught up a little bit. They lost today, but... So yeah. teams that should have been put completely out of, uh, of the playoff picture are now fighting with the Oilers for the same playoff spots. This has been a, a rough... A very rough stretch for the Oilers, and it's at a very poor time for them because all the teams in the Western Conference seem to be playing each other, and every night one of them is getting points. And when you lose five in a row, that means every night somebody has picked points up on you.
2: All right, Doug's going to finish the play. We're hoping to put his name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com.
5: Evander Kane put that into traffic. The Oilers able to break
2: it up, and here's Caleb Jones in across the line. Wide open wrist shot. All right, that's, uh, is Kellen, did you say that was a Zach Cassian chance? Okay, well, we'll make it easy for you today. Goal or no goal for Cassian?
7: Oh, no goal for Cassian. Evander Kane put that into traffic. The Oilers able to break it up, and here's Caleb
2: Jones in across the line. Wide open wrist shot, and a save made by Jones on Cassian, who then threw it in. All right, good stuff for Doug. So he's in the grand prize draw for finish the play. Quick timeout, and then you'll hear from Caleb Jones, who did get his first NHL goal tonight in Edmonton's 7-4 loss to the Sharks. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Action. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio.
2: Here's Raddy driving up the left-hand side. Caleb Jones knocked off his stick, kept it alive. Raddy
1: in front. One-timer score. And that's the first NHL goal for
2: Caleb Jones. 6-2. One of the few bright spots for the Oilers in a 7-4 loss to the Sharks this afternoon. Caleb Jones, first NHL goal. Here he is.
6: Oh, yeah, and that was a tough game. You know, they, uh, they gave it to us pretty good. Um... I think that's one you you, you definitely got to learn from it. We'll uh, probably have a good video session tomorrow, and um, you got to have a short memory in this league. Got to move on, and, uh, focus on the next one.
7: Um, tough three on break on you. You can't. Yeah, you know uh, I was. Not much you can do. You can't spread out that far. You know I was trying
6: to, to maybe guess where the next one was going, but they were kind of moving around quick, and I just tried to stay in the middle. But you know that it was it was tough. Um, you know that happens though. You know um, we should be, should be able to bounce back from that. How much
2: All right, that's uh, Caleb Jones who gets on the board tonight, but not nearly enough for the Oilers. They lose 7-4 to the Sharks. The other goal scorers, McDavid got two. Dreisaitl got one. Talbot takes the loss. Martin Jones gets the win. Well, Rob, they'll uh, practice tomorrow and then Monday you got to snap the slump against one of the best teams in the league. Tough task with the Jets coming to town.
3: Yeah, and it's tough, and Minnesota just lost, I believe, on home ice today, too. The Jets
2: and, lost, to Minnesota. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry.
3: The, the Jets lost on home ice. That's never good. You never want to see a team coming into your rink, coming in angry, but they will. Uh, it's going to be a test for the Oilers. It's a team that's deep, and the, the teams that have, uh, the Oilers have struggled against the teams that are two, three lines deep, and Winnipeg certainly is that. So it'll be a big test. You hope the response, the, as we heard from some callers, the work ethic, the, the will, uh, those type of things are much better for the Edmonton Oilers in that game.
2: All right, 7-4, San Jose beating Edmonton. Five losses in a row for the Oilers. You can get more on 630jet.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. So that game against the Jets, 5.30 face-off show on Monday. Puck will drop at 7. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.